Good morning. Welcome to Rimrock Church. What a beautiful day, huh? It's actually warming up. Thank you, Jesus. Bring on the warmth, Lord. Amen? Let's lift up the name of Jesus together today. Here we go. Sing with us. I love you. Joy, my 
God renew, Lord. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to church, to Rimrock. So, such a blessing to be together and proclaim that truth that there's nothing better than God. I'm going to invite uh, Mark and Kristen Falcon to come on up this morning. Uh, we are uh, a church um, that is in two locations. We have, uh, obviously, we're here gathered, but we also have a gathering downtown. And uh, Mark and Kristen are part of our, our downtown uh, church. They, uh, they've been a real blessing to that community there. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Welcome, guys. <laughs> it's awesome. And our vision as a church is a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. All of us are in uh, transformation, and Jesus is the one doing it. He's the one working in our hearts. And so I'm really excited for Mark and Kristen to share a little bit of their testimony and story and how, how God is uh, using the downtown campus in their lives. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, guys. As uh, Pastor Ben said, my name is Mark Falcon, and uh, this is my family. Kirsten, Emily, Quinn, Jack, and Bo. Um, and yeah, we've been a part of downtown since, what, 2014, I think? Um, and, and became members of Rimrock uh, only a few years ago. But, um, you know, we wanted to come up here today and just say thank you, mostly. Um, uh, the last song was pretty heavy for me because if I have to uh, explain my experience with Rimrock, um, that last song can kind of sum it all up for me. Um, you know, I, I had grown up and, uh, and had struggles, you know, in my early adult life um, that, I, that I overcame with uh, programs, and uh, God was ultimately at the, the center of all that, you know. He, he kind of rescued me from a lot of really bad stuff when I was younger, but uh, I didn't anticipate having to find God again, you know. I thought that when I had, had uh, been saved or when I had accepted Christ the first time that that I was good, you know, that life was just going to be uh, roses after that. And uh, I went, we went along, and I really struggled because I was uh, in my career path. Uh, we were living life. Me and Kirsten were <clears throat> out in Los Angeles, and we were having a great time loving each other, and, and we got married, and uh, we got into ministry um, shortly after that. And um, it was just, it was hard because there was still a part of me that didn't understand what that song just pointed out, which was God's grace, that God's healing power and his grace was, was from him and not anything that I could do. And um, we moved back to Rapid City. Uh, we, be, we became uh, part of a church here. We were doing worship. We were doing kids stuff. I mean, we were in the ministry five to seven days a week, and, uh, and we had a good relationship, but man, I was dead inside, you know? Um, I, I had a lot of fun during that time, don't get me wrong. If you knew me back then, I was still trying my best, but, um, you know, the reality was that I, w I didn't understand what that song just said, is that he's everything for me. He's, he's, he's the one that makes things right. He's the one that can make me right, and he can overcome and um, everything that I'm up against. And I met Pastor Steve Bosley on a plumbing call. Of course, I uh, went over to his house and, they had some leaking shower fixtures. Um, so, you know, I got to help him with that. But in that time, I, uh, I got to chat with him a little bit, and he just listened to me. You know, I complained about work and about life and stress and all this. And he would just sit there and smile. You guys remember how he smiled, and it was just, it was unbelievable to meet somebody like that because I had come from 
you know, very uh, uh, systematic type of understanding with religion. Uh, I knew that if I did this, this is what would happen. If I did this, this, was, this would happen. God would bless me if I did this. And Steve just accepted me uh, as I was. You know, I was, I was broken, and I was, I was acting, and I was uh, trying to gain some sort of acceptance through my life. Um, I, I saw Steve's example by what I saw in his house. There were uh, lots of books. The Bible was everywhere, and I looked around, and, and he was studying God's Word everywhere in that home. He didn't say very much to me. I couldn't tell you what he said to me that day, but what he didn't say and what he showed me with his life and how he was living when, you know, the plumber comes to your house, a lot of times you don't have time to get ready. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, Dad, get through it. No. Um, I love you, Quinn. Um, so, but, so I got to see him raw, and I got to see what he was all about, and I didn't understand what I was seeing, I didn't understand what I was going through, but I knew that that guy had something that I wanted. And I was in ministry. I mean, I thought I had it all, all together, you know? Um, so flash forward and getting to the point is to say thank you guys for, you know, following in that vision that you had alongside Steve Balsley and alongside the other pastors and leaders in this, in this congregation. Thank you so much for setting up the net that would catch me as a broken individual and allow me to be a father and allow me to be a husband. And um, <laughs> sorry, yeah, uh, I, I wanted you to know, you know, I really, really have felt heavy on me as, as we're moving in this pursuit of this building and God's blessed. There's so many stories that are just like mine of people that maybe they're not broken and homeless and they, you know, maybe they've got it all together. They look pretty or they look right and uh, they're struggling. And that ministry that you guys set up, I'm, I'm talking to the people that have been here for years that have seen this thing go from point A to, to where it is now. Um, you took a chance and you set something up and you set up um, a ministry with God's guidance that's helping so many of us downtown. Um, I wanted you to know that. I wanted you to understand because I think that there's been an, an, uh, maybe an idea of like, you know, two separate churches. We are a, a branch off and a ministry from what was birthed in this place. And I thank you so much for that. Awesome. Thank you, Mark, so much for sharing that. Thank you, guys. We, can we pray for this awesome family? Um, Lord, thank you. Thank you for rescuing that Jesus you came into this world not for the healthy but for the sick and the broken Lord and we were all that thank you for Mark and Kirsten Lord Lord protect them build them up let them know how much you love them Lord how much we love them Lord thank you for their boldness and their courage to share and to keep serving Lord but thank you Lord that they're serving out of a place of grace now we give you praise for that in Jesus name amen
them up for I have not the strength to praise you near enough for I have nothing I have nothing without you take my
God is good. Amen. Come on up. Father, we want to sing that to you. Take my hands and lift them up. Because I have not the strength to praise you near enough. For I am nothing. I am nothing without. may be seated. Tom, that's uh, it's a beautiful prayer, and I, I, you've sung that consistently over the last five years, and I just, I really appreciate your ministry and reminding us of that truth. God's love covers over everything, and man, we need that reminder, don't you, in this world where, you know, you're being sold a lot of stuff and being told you need to trust a lot of stuff, but God says, I'm, I alone can cover. <laughs> I can alone love you the way uh, you were intended to be loved. And so praise, praise God. Well, um, on your seat, there were little uh, cards that said 507 Maine. So on uh, May 14th, um, or I'm sorry, May 7th, wrong date, May 7th, we're going to do a special fundraiser uh, for our downtown campus uh, moving into a new a new space that that we feel very strongly God has provided for us in some real really amazing ways but we're going to come as a whole church and trust God uh, we're we're going to be stretched in our faith but I think I think God likes to do that <laughs> to us doesn't he and uh, so we're going to trust him and he and believe that he will provide uh, for that downtown uh, new space um, also I just found out this week we had a worship search team uh, that have been meeting and they have a candidate that they feel is from God to bring to the church. So on May 14th, we're going to have a, a worship candidate this week. We're going to send out all his information, who he is and all that, but be praying about that. And so uh, on May 14th, he'll be with us and then we'll have a, a church vote to uh, either approve uh, or 
say no. <laughs> Either way, we'll trust God to, to work and confirm that in all of our hearts. So uh, that's coming up on May 14th. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, uh, we come as we just sang, knowing that uh, we have nothing apart from you, but in you we have everything. And I, I just pray this morning that we would see the treasure of who you are and what, what you alone can do in our hearts and what you alone can do in our lives and what you alone can do uh, through us for your glory, Lord. I pray that this uh, would be evident to all of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we, uh, as a church, we have a practice uh, on Sundays of going through books of the Bible. And we just went through the book of Revelation. And uh, I got to tell you, um, you know, we've preached through a lot of books here over the five years I've been here. And um, Revelation has done something <laughs> in my heart that's really unique and, and really special. And I wasn't necessarily expecting that when I uh, been getting a dive into this book. And, and I pray that for you as well, you were able to see really the, the, the heart of God and the purpose of God in this amazing book that, that tells us so much about who God is and what, what he's doing and what he wants to do in the world. And, and one of the things that, that really grips me in that Revelation series is the, is the church being at the center of God's purpose and plan of how he is revealing Order of things has passed away, and behold, I'm making all things new. And God has this perfect plan of redemption and restoration and creation, but at the very center of it is a people that he's redeeming and calling to be his very own, where God himself wants to dwell with his people. And what we see at the beginning of Revelation is the church is called lampstands. And there's, a le there's letters to seven churches, seven lampstands, right? and it says Jesus is among the churches. He's among his people. During this time of waiting and preparation for that day, the day of the Lord, when there will be a judgment, but there will also be a new creation and a restoration of God's design. So we're going to do a three-week um, in-between pause to just remember what is this thing called the church that God has called us to be? I'm not talking about necessarily this service or necessarily this building, although this is part of it, but who we are as people, as the church, the ecclesia means literally those who are called out together for a purpose. And, and so we're going to be looking at that. Why are we here? What are, what are we about? And so we're going to be looking at that for three weeks before we jump into the book of Genesis. <laughs> and I'm so excited to be in Genesis, the first 12 chapters of Genesis over the course of this summer. But this morning, we're going to be looking at um, this idea of, of what God has called us to be as a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. And, and how do we experience God as, as, as his people? So uh, this last summer, I think it was, um, I was here preaching, and there was someone in our audience here who, who came and joined us for worship, and I had never met him before. Uh, but I met him that morning, and I'm so glad I did. But his name was um, uh, Ed Schubach. He was um, uh, Pastor Schubach. And uh, some of you know who he is, but many of you don't know who he is. 
Um, but I got to know him that weekend. In fact, all his kids were here and his grandkids. And after the church, I spent some time. We went over to the church office where he lived with his family. Now, what you don't know, many of you, is, is, is Pastor Schubach was the first pastor called here to Rimrock Church. You see, God had stirred in a church in town, First Evangelical Free Church. It was called the Downtown Church. A group of people, and I think Ed and Bonnie, are you here this morning? Ed and Bonnie. Oh, Ed and Bonnie Crossman are here. They were part of that group that were praying uh, in that church about what God wanted to do up here in Johnson City. <laughs> so just like Mark talked about how there was a prayer about downtown, well, that was happening downtown for up here. And so Ed and Bonnie left um, the, the downtown church. They were sent by the church and supported by the church to begin a new work here in Johnson Siding. And God was doing something. He was stirring faith and expectation and the need of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed here. Well, that small group of people, as they uh, began ministry, knocking on doors, inviting people, sharing people, um, they called Pastor Schubach to come and be the pastor here. But the reason I share this with you is, is spending just one afternoon with, with Pastor Schubach, I, I noticed something about him. That man loved God. He loved Jesus. And he was humble. <laughs> he was humble. I'm sure he, he's not perfect. None of us are perfect. But there was a humility and there was a love for God. And you know what I found out uh, from, uh, from Pastor Schubach is, is uh, this was not an easy community to start a church in. <laughs> People were pretty resistant to the idea. In fact, there was a group of people who were uh, getting together, kind of grizzly old timers, old guys. They would sit and have coffee, play games and stuff. And, and they, they were pretty hostile. But you know what he would do? Ed would go, he would go and he would just sit with them, have coffee, spend time with them. And, and at first he said they were very hostile. But, but over time, over years, they, they began to ask questions. And he began to share the hope of Jesus and what Jesus had done in his life. And, and God began to do a change in this community. And people began to come to church and became, some of the people who are sitting here today, their families came, even though they had never been to church before, or maybe not for a long time, they began to come and their lives began to become transformed. And God did something here. God did something powerful through a group of people. And you know what? We're all benefits. We all benefit from that. I benefit as a pastor from other pastors. Uh, pastor Steve was mentioned before, but pastors like Schubach and Pastor Steve and Rod Graham, people who were humble and realized there was something more at stake than just starting a church, that there's a bigger story. There's something that God is doing, and we, we all have a part to play, but it's not about us. <laughs> We're not building something for our names or ourselves. God is doing something. And that's what I want to look at with you this morning, is what is God doing through his people? And what are, what are we being called to do together as the church of Jesus Christ? You know, at the beginning of the book of Revelation, there's the letters of the seven churches, and one of those letters is to a church in Ephesus. Ephesus. It was a significant city in, in modern-day what we call Turkey. And, and God was doing a work there. And we know the story of the church of Ephesus was started by the Apostle Paul and a small group of believers. 
began to gather as, as the gospel was preached, as the name of Jesus was proclaimed. People began to put their faith in Jesus and their lives were being transformed. And so we have the story you can read about in Acts. I think it's Acts 19 where you can read the story of the church of Ephesus. And the apostles were sent by Jesus after his resurrection to go into all the earth and preach the gospel, and to make disciples. And so Paul and the apostles were doing that and they proclaimed Jesus' resurrection they proclaimed his death for the sins of the world, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. God had filled his people with his very presence and his very power. You can read about it in Acts 2. We call it Pentecost, when the, when the church, the people of God, are filled with the Spirit of God. And isn't it cool that, that God calls his people for a purpose, but not all by ourselves? We don't have to just figure it out or come up with it, with strategies or ideas. We have the very presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in his people. And in this church in Ephesus, as this, as this group of people is being called to be the people of Jesus and called to be transformed, we know from Acts, we know that Paul was a pastor, and then we know from the letters in Timothy that Timothy became the pastor in Ephesus. And then we know from church tradition that John the Apostle became the pastor in Ephesus. And God was doing something glorious through that church. But then in Revelation, we're told in the letter that that church had a, a lot of knowledge. They knew a lot of things. And they were doing a lot of things well. But Jesus challenged them on one thing. And I think Jesus is challenging us about that one thing as well. He says, remember your first love. Don't forsake your first love. He says, repent and return to your first love. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, our first love. Um, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is having this discussion with the Pharisees, and, and it's a discussion that goes over the course of his life. And we know from the story that the Pharisees totally reject Jesus. They end up actually uh, being a big part of his crucifixion, but but. You know, in fact, I think these verses, it sums up the whole Sermon on the Mount. What Jesus was, was really trying to teach mankind, what he's really trying to teach us, what really matters for us as human beings. He tells us in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, so he's saying everything the Bible talks about <laughs> hangs on these two commands. So Jesus, he boils it down to the most simple yet the most profound call to mankind. And I believe that the church, that we, the people of God, are called to be witnesses of this reality of the calling that God has for mankind. That's why, that's why in Revelation we're referred to as lampstands, meaning we, we shine a light to the rest of the world. We shine a light to the rest of the world. And this is, this is what we were made for. We were made to live in God and with God. This is why Jesus came. He came to rescue us from ourselves, our own selfish 
prideful rebellion against God. He came to rescue us from the world system, as Revelation calls it, Babylon. And he came to rescue us from the devil who wants to kill and steal and destroy humanity. And so we were made and we were called to live in God and with God. Isn't that what the, the whole Bible story is about? Isn't that why Jesus came, incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us? And so if we are called and made to live in God and with God, that means we need to be rescued from ourselves. We need to be rescued from our selfishness and our pride and our self-centeredness. And we need to see re revelation. We need to be, the, the curtain needs to be pulled back. We need to be able to see and understand that we were made for something so much more. <laughs> we were made for God himself. And this is what Jesus is saying, that we are to love the Lord your God with all your hearts all your soul and with all your mind. This is what we were made for. One of the great uh, deceptions of Satan against Adam and Eve and against all of us is that something else, that we can replace God with something else, that something else could satisfy, that somehow there's, there's some greater truth or there's something that we're missing out besides God. And so this idolatry that permeates our world and permeates our hearts, God is wanting to rescue us from that so that we can really see that God is enough, <laughs> that we were made for Him, and that when we live in Him, we have everything we need abundantly and more than ever we could ever ask or imagine, that He, God Himself, is the treasure that we were made for. And so when we talk about why church why do, we, why do we come together every Sunday? Why, why are we committed to this thing uh, of, of living together and following and worshiping God and Jesus together? Why? Because we were made not for ourselves. We were made for God. And this is our reminder. This is our reminder that, that we were made to worship God, that we were made to glorify Him, that, that, that if we live for ourselves... <laughs> We won't find life. It's only in God, in God, that we can find life. And what's so cool about this is it spills over. When we order our loves, when God becomes our first love, it spills out into love for others. And so what we're being taught by Jesus is that there's an ordering of our loves. And this is what Jesus was calling the church in Ephesus. Remember your first love. And I believe this is what God wants to call us back to again and again. <laughs> Remember your first love, that God himself, that he alone is worthy of our first love. And then in that way, we can begin to order all of our other loves. The second point I think um, God has impressed in my heart this morning is when we order our loves and God becomes our first love, then we begin to understand our purpose. We begin to understand our purpose. Now, this church, Rimrock Church, has a story. Each of you have a story. I have a story. I'm so thankful for Mark and Kirsten who shared a little bit of their story. We have stories. And God has entered into our story. That's why we celebrate Christmas, the incarnation, that God came into the world. He stepped from 
from the outside the world, he's, he's, he's not created being. We are created, but he stepped into creation to make a way for us to understand that we have a purpose and it's bigger than ourselves. Um, in Timothy, Paul warns Timothy, he says, in the last days, people will become lovers of themselves. Wouldn't you say that's the world we live in? Everyone's pursuing their self-interest. Everyone's looking out for themselves. And what does that do to the world? It destroys families. It destroys businesses. It destroys nations. Our world is so destroyed. And God wants to bring hope. And he wants to bring salvation. He wants to bring life. And he begins with us, the people of God, the church. And this becomes the place with God's people that we begin to understand that there's, there's something bigger at stake than just our lives, that, that there is something greater that God is doing and he's inviting us and he's calling us to be part of that purpose. I want to read in Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20, because these are the last words of Jesus to his followers. There's probably about 120 uh, people, men and women, who are gathered. They've witnessed Jesus be crucified and they've witnessed him be resurrected. They've actually touched his hands and his feet. They've eaten with him. They know that Jesus is the Messiah. They know that he's the one alone that can save them, and they're gathered together. And this is what he says. When the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And, and I, I love that that little phrase is included, that some doubted, because this morning, we came here to worship the same Jesus who rose again. But you know what? Some of you here this morning, your hearts are filled with worship. You trust, you believe. But some of you have doubts. Some of you have fears. Some of you are questioning, why am I even here this morning, right? But you know what? Jesus still loves you. He doesn't condemn. He doesn't condemn us because we all have moments of those doubts. He doesn't condemn us. But then he, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that Jesus has all authority? That he's Lord? That he's creator? He's the sustainer? He's the one who has the final word on everything, including my life and your life? Everything will be judged by him? Everything will be determined by him? He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So that's the question for all of us to face and to grapple with. But as the people of God, we've come to the place where we say, yes. <laughs> we've bowed our knees and said, yes, Jesus, you are Lord. And so this is what he says. Therefore, if you believe that, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So now we're talking about the purpose of the church, the purpose of the people of God. Now, we're all involved in a lot of things in life, right? Where many of you are husbands, fathers, um, wives, sisters, um, brothers, uh, you have roles uh, in, the, in the community with professions, with different vocations. Um, we all have different stories. 
Yet as the people of God, we are brought together under the authority of Jesus for a purpose that transcends all of our other responsibilities and loves. And so we're talking about the ordering of our lives, the ordering of our hearts, the ordering of our loves. And this is what I think Jesus was calling to the church in Ephesus. You, you got to return to your first love. Because when you understand your first love, then you can begin to live out the blessing I have for you in all your other relationships, in all your other responsibilities, in all the other aspects of your life. And it has to do with our identity. Because what did he say? Go and make disciples, followers of Jesus, people who are being transformed by Jesus. And he says, baptize them in the name. And that's our identity, our core identity. I remember as a young man coming to this reality that every other identity I was chasing was leaving me empty and dry. And it wasn't satisfying the great purpose that I felt burning in my soul, that there was something I was made for. And I tried lots of different things, but it's but when I came to Jesus and discovered the identity that He alone could give me, something became free in me. Something changed in me that radically changed my life. And I can share you so many ways that God's been changing me, still changing me. But I found an identity in God that no one can take away and can be never taken away from me. And it gives me assurance and passion and purpose for this life. And so we were made to live with God. We were made for a purpose in God. And then we were made for a community to be part of a people in God. And so this is an individual call, but it's also a corporate call as disciples. Remember, Jesus is talking not to an individual. He's talking to a group of people who, who've believed, who are believing that he has all authority and who are being commissioned, sent with a purpose in the world. And so we were made together. And so God has given us this vision to be a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. And the vision is found in Jesus. He is the goal. He's the one that we are coming to. We are the one, he is the one that we are finding our identity in. And he is the one who is giving us purpose. So everything is found in him. But we need to be reminded of these things. <laughs> we need to be reminded of these things. And so this is why it's so important for us to come together as a community, to be in relationship with one another. You know, um, all of us have the ability and the choice to do a lot of things in this life. <laughs> There's a lot of things we could go do and be part of. But Jesus is inviting us to order our loves and to center our lives on himself and to see that we are part of something bigger, bigger than ourselves. So the, the first Sunday I came here to Rimrock Church five years ago, I was candidating to be uh, the pastor here and I walked in the door and there was a, a woman who greeted me. Uh, her name is Mary. Some of you know Mary, Mary Dosher. And Mary uh, was one of those first people who was invited to come to this small gathering. And Ed, maybe you can correct me, but I think it was even in a home of a person. You weren't quite meeting here, but Mary came to that meeting, that initial meeting. And, uh, and God did something in Mary's heart. Uh, she was already a follower of Jesus, but, 
But God did something in her heart where she said, I'm going to be part of this community. <laughs> I'm going I'm to serve and worship and be discipled in this community. And uh, that morning I met Mary. Uh, she was 100 years old. <laughs> so uh, I think this church started in 1980 or so. For, so 40 years, um, you know, she served in this body of Christ, in this community. And I got to know her over five years. I got to go to her house. But the thing that struck me about Mary is she radiated joy. She was one of the most optimistic, um, positive people I've been around. She was just so thankful, so full of joy, so full of hope, so full of peace. And many of you know Mary, and you can, you can vouch for that reality. But Mary's life wasn't always easy or simple. She had a lot of hard things, difficult things. We got to do the service celebrating her life. She passed away um, a few months ago. Uh, just a few days short of 106 years old. And uh, her daughter was right here sharing her story. And she, she suffered some things that no one knew about, but her daughter told us. And we were just in shock at some of the things that Mary had to face. But we never knew because she radiated so much love, so much joy, so much peace, so much gentleness and faithfulness. And the thing that struck me about Mary as I got to know her is she was just a servant. Life wasn't about her, she came to serve. And she was always thinking about others' needs and helping. And she helped several pastors here. She helped in every area. She even learned how to be part of the worship team. She was tone deaf, but <laughs> she was part of the worship team. But I love that attitude. And we can learn from those people. I can learn from those people. We can all learn from these people. Because we live in a world where, where the temptation is to make everything about us and ourselves. And we think, man, if we just satisfy our own needs and our own desires, then, then we'll be happy. But, but Jesus turns it all upside down, right? He said, whoever wants to be first must be last. And whoever is last will be first. And he says, whoever wants to gain their, whoever loses their life for me will gain it. And so Jesus turned it upside down. And he taught us this other way. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And I want to read, I want to close by reading from Ephesians chapter 4. This is, this is Jesus' heart for the church, for his people. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you. And by the way, that word prisoner means Paul's saying, my life doesn't belong to me. I've submitted my life to Jesus Christ. I urge you to live a life worthy of of the calling you have received. And I believe all of you have received that calling, that Jesus has called you to be his follower. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort, you catch that? Every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So peace, unity, it's not gonna come easily, but we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. By the way, uh, he's basically just telling us the whole book of Revelation there in a couple verses that Jesus is Lord, that he sits on the throne and that all things are for his glory. Verse 11, so Christ 
gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. So God has given people to the church for a purpose. Verse 12, to equip his people for works of service. Did you know God has called you? He's given you a purpose. He's given you a service. He's given you a part to play in a story that's so much bigger than any one of us to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. So, so what's the purpose? It's not so that we just have a, a, an awesome church just for us. <laughs> it's not for us. What's it for? It's so that we can reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So brothers and sisters, we're here not for ourselves, but we're here for God. We're here for, for Jesus. And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Would you pray with me, Lord? Thank you for this vision that you've given us, Lord. And God, I just ask that, Jesus, we would be the kind of church, the kind of people that when you come back in your glory, and our names are written in the land's book of life, that you'll say, well done, good and faithful servants. Because we knew that life wasn't just about us, that there was something bigger at stake. There was something more that we were created for, and that, Lord, we were faithful to point people to you, Lord. Lord, help us by your grace, by your mercy, by your Holy Spirit, fill us so that we can live out this vision for your glory. In Jesus' name. years back, um, Bill Ewing and I and some friends went on a little quick golf trip. And You know, when you get out of town, it gives you a chance for God to kind of break through. And I prayed and I said, Lord, you know, I haven't heard, feel like I've heard your voice for a while. And would you break through over this vacation? It was just a couple days, but I walked into the motel room and these words just jumped into my head. It's the desire of my heart. May my life be a song that you love to sing. A sweet fragrance rising breathing by my King. May my words make you smile These humble praises I bring May my life be a song, Lord That you love to sing Lord, what can I do? Adopting 